Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. In the House tonight, a select committee is unveiling their piece together interpretation of the January 6th Capitol breach. It's the first of several of these hearings. Meanwhile, Republicans are trying to make the case that this is more about politics than protecting democracy. Entity's Melina Wisecup has more. Tonight on Capitol Hill, a committee made up of seven Democrats and two Republicans is eager to make public their findings. About what happened January 6th and what led up to it. They've spent one year investigating the January 6th Capitol breach, and after interviewing more than 1,000 people, including family and friends of the former president, and collecting around 140,000 documents, the lawmakers say they're ready to reveal the facts. Uh, and allow people um, to, to ask that question uh, and to form their own opinions. But Republicans say this is not about fact-finding, but rather making a political display. Pointing out that the Democrat-led committee picked a controversial former ABC News executive to put together the presentation. I'm not sure if they're using taxpayer money to hire a former ABC executive who took his time to withhold information about Epstein. A top Democrat on the committee, Jamie Raskin, says they're ready to make the case for why they say it was a pre-planned attack. Uh, the idea that all of this was just uh, a rowdy demonstration that um, spontaneously got a little bit out of control is absurd. Uh, you don't almost knock over the U.S. government by accident. Raskin says tonight's hearing is different than the House's impeachment of the former president because they aren't looking at just one crime, but multiple crimes and the mobilization of extremist groups, a focus that Republicans say was off track from the very beginning. The Democrats aren't asking the simple questions about what happened on January 6th. Why didn't the Capitol Police's intelligence unit raise the alarm about potential violence when they had intelligence going back weeks before January 6th that told them that something was going to happen? The Department of Justice has arrested more than 800 people accused of being involved in the chaos, including most recently a Republican gubernatorial candidate in Michigan, Ryan Kelly. Melina, how are Republicans pushing back against the political heat that they're facing from uh, this hearing tonight? Well, Steve, the argument that we've heard from Republicans all week and what we can expect to continue to hear is that Democrats are using this primetime hearing as a way to distract from what they say are the real issues, such as higher prices at the pump and higher prices in grocery stores. Is Nancy Pelosi going to hold a primetime hearing on inflation? Another critique of Republicans that we've heard in the past and continues to pop up is that this January 6th select committee does not get to the root of the issue. That is why there was not sufficient security on the Capitol that day to prevent the attack. Congressman Jim Bakes is currently working on a report that addresses this very issue, and he says that report should be available to the public in a few weeks. Steve, back to you. NTD's Melina Wisecup reporting from Capitol Hill. With the House January 6th committee's hearings taking place, I sat down earlier with Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. The Congresswoman says there is real violence that took place in America that is not being held to account. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Thanks for having me. 
Congressman, I want to ask you about the uh, January 6th uh, committee and the hearing coming up here. Uh, former President Trump advisor Peter Navarro was just recently arrested at the uh, Reagan National Airport for not complying with the subpoena in regard to uh, January 6th. So I want to get your thoughts. Is this more about um, executive privilege or uh, the committee not being neutral? This is really political theater, and this is a political war. And that's how the members on the January 6th committee are conducting themselves. That's how the Democrat Party as a whole is conducting themselves. The very same members on this, this January 6th committee are the same people that are virtually ignoring all the riots and the chaos, the violence, and over $2 billion in damage in American cities uh, all throughout 2020. They, they don't care about any of that, but yet they're using what happened on January 6th to take down their political rivals and what they did to Peter Navarro is absolutely shameful. Uh, 72 year old man handcuffed and put in leg irons, that should never happen. Peter Navarro did nothing wrong. He had nothing to do with any of anyone's actions on January 6th. Neither did President Trump and neither did any Republican in Washington. Congresswoman, uh, this January 6th committee was supposed to be bipartisan. Initially, uh, two of your colleagues, Jim Jordan and uh, Congressman Jim Banks, were appointed to this uh, committee. Why do you think they were not allowed to proceed? They weren't allowed to proceed and, and be on the committee because Nancy Pelosi kicked them off. And she didn't want them on there because their presence and their uh, participation on the committee would have stopped everything they're trying to do and what they're going to the whole show they're going to show America this week. It, it's it's going to be a complete lie. We already saw them lie with Russian, the Russian hoax, Russian collusion. They're going to produce another lie uh, starting this week from the January 6th committee. And Jim Banks and Jim Jordan would have never let that happen. They would have exposed them and they would have stopped it. And Nancy Pelosi knows it, so she wouldn't allow them to participate uh, so that she can control the committee. And Adam Schiff and, and others can control the committee to, to tell the, the story they want to tell. And it's going to be nothing but a big, fat, fictional story. And that's why they had to hire a, a movie producer, you know, the one that protected all, all of uh, these women that were victims. Uh, and they put that producer out there to, to produce their show their show. That's a, that's a very interesting point. You know, the power of uh, propaganda, video, if you will, when you see these uh, people hanging off of the building, protesting, um, it looks like a chaotic scene, which it, it may have been. But the question is, was it an insurrection? So when the American people are, are watching this video, what, how, do, how do you see it when you watch it? Well, there's a lot of different angles and there's a lot of different videos out there. And the ones that we usually see on TV are the ones that look most violent. But there's a lot of videos that show people all around the Capitol that are completely peaceful. They were singing songs, they were praying, they were uh, just there using their First Amendment rights peacefully, many of them were. But yeah, there are angles and videos showing the Capitol of people being violent, people fighting with Capitol Police, Capitol Police firing rubber bullets into the crowd and, and tear gas and so forth. Um, what we see is we do see some violence, but it's, it's you know, the sad, the sad thing is, is they hired a producer so they can produce and show 
one story, only one story. It's not the real story, but it's the story they want to sell to the American people. And you know what? The American people could care less. You know what the American people care about? They care about inflation. They care about the fact they can't afford gas when they go to fill up their tank. They, fear about, they care about crime that is so out of control in most cities across America. They care about fentanyl deaths. They care about a wide open border and a, and a caravan of migrants of tens of thousands of people coming yet again to invade our country. These are the things they care about. They care about our kids being groomed and, and drag queen shows uh, in our kids' schools. They care about teachers, radical teachers, that might, might try to train their children to, to d change their gender if, if such a thing could possibly exist. That's what Americans care about. But the Democrats are so foolish. They think they can sell this lie and they think it'll sway, sway voters come November, but I think they're just digging a hole deeper, and, and I don't think it's going to change anyone's mind. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, thank you. Thank you. Could heated political rhetoric be fueling the abortion debate that has led one man to allegedly travel across the country with duct tape, zip ties, a handgun, along with other accessories in an attempt to kidnap and kill Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh? We sat down with Oklahoma Congressman Mark Wayne Mullen. Congressman Mark Wayne Mullen, thank you for joining us on the Capitol Report again. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. Congressman, I have to ask you about Justice Kavanaugh and the, what appears to be a premeditated uh, attack, attempted attack on his uh, life. Um, how does something like this happen? Well, for the last two years, we've heard the Democrats talk about domestic terrorism, right? And they, and they only point to one group of people when this happens. They only point to the far right and say that's domestic terrorism. I mean, I, I sit on the House Intelligence Committee, and we get briefed all the time by intelligence agencies talking about how they're trying to root out domestic terrorism. And they point to one group, and it's always the far right. Well, if that, if that same standard of domestic terrorism is going to apply, then why isn't this being called out as domestic terrorism? You have Justice Kavanaugh, who is trying to be intimidated because of his stance on Roe v. Wade. You have someone that literally got an assassination kit together, drove from California, went away to Kavanaugh's house, was there. The marshals asked him, hey, he turned around and walked away and called 911, and they, where is everybody at? No one's calling this out. If this same stuff were to happen to our newest justice, Justice Jackson, you would have the Democrats bouncing up and down, causing it domestic terrorism, and we've got to stop this, and we've got to root this out. But the difference between the two is that this gentleman represented their narrative. I mean, it was, it was Chuck Schumer, leader Schumer, who in 2020 stood up and said that Kavanaugh was going to pay for Roe v. Wade. You call people out like this, be consistent. But if it, but the Democrats are so silent on the issue because it fits their narrative that it's not even, it's not just laughable, it's dangerous. And the left media that's also silent on this, not calling it domestic terrorism, not calling it like they would if this was uh, a, a group that they thought uh, was, was a Republican group or the far right group, they would be calling it out. But they're silent on it, and, and the American people should see the hypocrisy and see right through this because it is absolutely dangerous that these people are leading the country, literally. Congressman, I want to read you uh, Title 18, Section 1507 of the U.S. Code. It says it's illegal to picket or parade in front of a courthouse or judge's home with the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administration of justice or with the intent of influencing any judge. Yet. There's still protesters outside of 
Justice Kavanaugh's house last night after the attempted murder uh, plot was, you know, foiled. What gives? Not one person has been arrested except this one individual. The individual that called 911, by the way, on themselves. Not one single person has been arrested protesting any of these judges or justices' houses. Not one of them. And yet it is against the law. DOJ, we have wrote a letter, the House Republicans have wrote a letter to DOJ asking them to investigate this, asking them to look in, asking them to start prosecuting it and uphold the letter of the law. We're either a nation of laws that are enforced or we are not. But once again, we have a one-party rule system here in Washington, D.C., and it's ran by Democrats. The same Democrats that aren't enforcing the laws on our southern border, the same Democrats that aren't enforcing the laws in, in their own cities when it comes to Portland and Seattle and, and during the protests when we saw a federal building be attacked, we saw a federal employee be killed. No one's enforcing the law until all of a sudden it fit their narrative and you had protesters on the state capitol and unfortunately things that happened on January 6th that now they're prosecuting and, and, and still yet because they're going to have the, the hearing tonight on, on the January 6th commission on primetime, that's the lead story, something that happened a long time ago that fits their narrative, but they're not talking about what's happening today. And today, what's happening going on right now in front of our justice's house, that's 100% against the law and they're ignoring it. And it's not just the uh, justices we're seeing here with these attempted acts of violence. Since this abortion debate has, has heated up, we're seeing a string of attacks on uh, pro-life centers and, right. and, and churches. One was just firebombed. Um, does the Justice Department need to take notice? Yeah, of course the Justice Department needs to take notice. As I said, is this, if this isn't domestic terrorism under the third definition, then what is? Carson, Mark Wayne Mullen, thank you. Thank you, sir. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.